Today's episode of Everything Else is brought to you by our sponsor, Burger King. Have it your way. I'm super excited about this episode. I had a guest, a former teammate, Kyle Long, on, and we literally talked about everything. I mean, that's the thing about Kyle. He's a funny guy. He's a guy who's had a ton of success in the NFL, and he comes from a a very famous family. Um, He's just a really cool, down-to-earth guy who's just got so many funny stories. And, you know, for most people, I kind of, like, come come in with a plan with Kyle. I'm like, you know what, just just whatever happens, happens. So we had an awesome time, a fun interview, and I know you guys are going to really, really enjoy it. So uh, without further ado, here's my interview with Kyle Long. That. That's where we should start. We should start with you taking this thing. Okay, just press the red button, man. Okay, we're recording. Hey, Cam, it's uh, it's your old buddy Kyle Long. Welcome to your podcast. I'll be your uh, counterpart today. How's your How's your afternoon going? It's going pretty well. I'm very excited to uh, be on the phone with you. Thanks for having me on my show. <laughs> yeah, man, it's uh, it's been a while. Uh, you know, I got a letter from you the other day. Uh, oh, you you're know, gonna when- tell. You're going to tell people about the time I wrote you a letter? Well, I feel like this should be like lead off uh, baseball material. You know, it's like contact. I feel like it's a hundred percent, you know, layup. But uh, so we played together for a bit in Chicago. We had a great time, a lot of good talks and uh, a lot of bad talks, I'm sure too, in your mind, because I'm such an idiot. No, there was nothing bad. I never had a bad experience with you. I promise. But we uh, we had some fun, and we, we had a bond that I feel like was uh, not like other bonds I've had with teammates in terms of uh, just, you know, the way that we looked at things, we kind of had a different look at things. And uh, a lot of guys are just football, 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 you know, party, go out, do this, family, whatever. I think we had like a kind of off, uh, rotated a bit view of things. And uh, we, we – and this is on me. I've been a real shitty friend when it comes to texting. And, uh, yeah, you, you wrote me a letter and <laughs> it was essentially like a business card letter and it had your smiling face on the top and it was like, yada, yada, yada. We haven't spoken in a while. You know, the distance between us has hurt my heart. And you said attached is a picture of me. If you forgot what I look like. And there, you drew a big long arrow up to the picture. You, Oh man, I thought that was funny as shit. Well, you know, I know that you're busy. I know that you're a big shot and you, you know, you've, you probably got a lot going on. So I figure maybe he's just either two things are going to come from this. Either one, Kyle didn't like me that much. And so he's intentionally ignoring my text messages or he's got so much on his plate that I have to do something really bizarre to get his attention. So man, I, I got a couple my, I got a couple Minecraft servers, man. So, you know, I gotta, <laughs> I gotta tend to the farms, man. I gotta make sure that all the, uh, all the chickens are. Is that uh, really what you're doing? Is that really what you're doing? Well, I mean, I play a little Minecraft. I like to. I like to get in front of the computer and just waste my life away. Um, I've been playing Farming Simulator, which is an incredible Why? experience. Why? Uh, well, you know, it's the heartbeat of America, man. It's it's uh, it's what keeps this country going. It's the infrastructure. People think it's roads and bridges and power lines, but really, it's those folks out there, the White Hair family out there in Kansas. <laughs> Shout out to Cody. Making this thing happen, you know? So you don't actually want to be a farmer yourself. You're just perfectly content simulating it on a computer? 
Well, I compare it to this. It's like, you know, I also have a driving simulator called iRacing, which is a racing simulator. A lot of, a lot of NASCAR drivers, Formula One drivers use it when they're preparing for certain tracks, whatnot. And I think that the farming simulator offers me the same experience where I can kind of put my toes in the water, but not jump in um, and feel like, you know, I know a little bit about this. Is it just me or do you have like a theme of like living simulated lives, simulated versions of reality? Is that kind of your thing? Well, I really feel like that's the wave of the future. You know, you don't even have to leave your home and you can experience so many different walks of life. That's terrifying. Like you tell me a farmer that races Lamborghinis and I'll say that's me, buddy. Like in, in my simula- <laughs> my simulated existence. Oh man. So tell me more about the, about the, the race car, the driving simulator. What's, I mean, how realistic is that? Uh, it's as real as it can be without the G-force and the real threat of dying, hitting the wall. Um, I essentially have a race car in my room upstairs in my spare bedroom without the tires and without the roof, I guess you could say. I've got three massive monitors, like this big for one of them, this big for the other one, this big for the other one, and it encloses me. And, uh, you know, I've got a super realistic force feedback wheel. I've got a shifter. I've got real uh, spring-loaded pedals, everything. And uh, I mean, you, you can, if you can race it on there and you can do it, as long as you're not scared shitless when you get in the real car, you should know what you're doing. That reminds me of when I was a kid, I had something similar in one of my bedrooms, but it was, um, it was a car and it didn't have like the walls or, or the, or the doors or anything, but it was but like You a can bed. sleep in it. You can sleep <laughs> in it. So, <laughs> You know, we actually, uh, I, me and my buddies have looked at some, some race, race car beds. Beds. It's not like any of us have kids or like, you know, or I have that many friends, but the <laughs> couple of friends that I do have, we look at race car beds because they've, they've really, they've advanced. It's unbelievable. How so? How so? Man, if you just, just Google race car beds and you'll know exactly what I mean. Like race car beds, 2019. It's like, we saw like the 1996 models and the 94 uh. Okay. So you're telling me that the, uh, so is it, is it a different car? Well, I mean, you look at a Camry from 96 and then you look at a Camry from 2019, you say, God damn, this is some space shuttle. Oh, wow. I'd love to sleep in that. Okay. Yeah. I get it. I get it. Okay. So do you have like any aspirations to actually race cars or is this just like a, ho- a weird hobby of yours? I know you're a big NASCAR guy. Well, I really do enjoy uh, motorsport and you know, along with motorsport, okay. I, Put that car in sport. Put that motor motorsport. Put that car in sport. Yeah. Well, who sings that? Amigos. Amigos. The amigos. All the friends. They like to say that. Um, but yeah, motorsport. It's like whether it's NASCAR. You're laughing because I say motorsport. NASCAR, Formula One, dirt. Uh, there's a big, obviously, dirt population. Uh, people like to get dirty in the Midwest, and uh, don't I know it? Yeah, you do. That's that's right in your hood. Uh, but man, the, the folks that frequent these racetracks and the people that pay attention to it, I think it's just really a, a blue collar crowd. I think it's folks are easy to, to welcome you into their circle. If you, sh- if you and I were just to drive up to a racetrack um, anywhere, people would be super cool. We could drink beers. I mean, I'm sure I could bum a few cigarettes for free. Like <laughs> it would be a great time and we could just, you know, hang out and, uh, but then if you look at how skilled these guys behind the wheel, these guys and girls, sorry, there's a lot of women now that do it. It's 2019. Uh, 2019, bro. There may be some others out there that do it. I can't speak to any of the other categories because I'm not really well versed in it. But they're so skilled. And uh, I think it's incredible how ballsy uh, 
these these folks are. You're a, you're like a fascinating guy. There's not like a oh, lot of patronize me, bro. Why do you think I'm always patronizing you? I, I legitimately think that you're a very interesting guy. There's not a lot of guys. Okay, granted, I was I was barely in the in the NFL. I was I hung out. I had a sleepover in the NFL, basically. You, you, um, you're a good football player. Eh, I was maybe for a while, but it it all came to an end. But there's not a lot of guys, at least that I crossed in my my several teams that were as interesting as you or in in weird ways. See, like I, I don't know if that's a title you want to have. I think so. I mean, I, I guess it sets. You, I guess it sets you apart from other people. But uh, you know, I can't help the way that I am. You know, and I mean, seeing the shit I've seen, growing up in the house I grew up in with my brothers. I mean, it, I wouldn't have it any any other way. Right, right. Is it? Uh, I mean, is it odd being from such a well-known family i mean is that weird for you obviously you don't know anything different but yeah uh there's some things where it's like you're so used to it and numb to it um and i I mean i guess growing up i shied away from it i never wanted to be kyle long i just wanted to be kyle like everybody would always tell me like oh that's howie long son that's chris long's brother Yada, yada, yada. And I'd always try to make a name for myself. That's why I went and played baseball at a high school. I got drafted at a high school to go play baseball. And uh, I thought I could run from my family name, but, you know, you you can only run from your bloodline for so long. Was that really your motivation? You wanted to play baseball to do something different? Or is it, was it, I mean, was it that simple? Yeah. I mean, honestly, high school shit was just so easy. Like football and baseball. It was just so easy. I didn't play basketball. That's a fucking hard sport. I played (laughs) until uh, varsity. And then I was like, all these guys can hit free throws. I can't even hit the backboard. And, uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I, I was hitting in a batting cage during the wintertime. But, yeah, baseball and football were just – it just came natural to me. Um, and then when I got to the next level in baseball, I realized that there's a lot of guys that it came natural to and it was easy for. And then I took my backup plan, which was football, and things kind of fell into place for me. Yeah. you Were, were you a pitcher? I was a left-handed pitcher, and I played first base and some outfield. Oh yeah, well, what? Uh, where were you topping out at with, as that lefty pitcher? Ninety six, ninety seven from the left side, um, my Jeez. senior year, and then uh, you know I was getting it was getting faster, and um, you know it's just it became one of those things where you realize there's a lot of guys who play baseball. The thing about baseball is every island on the uh, on the planet, every country they play baseball and the great thing about football is there's one big rock where they play football and uh, (laughs) a little one in hawaii and uh you know there's there's less competition i guess yeah so um obviously you made that transition that's not an easy thing to do um especially you know there's just not a lot of guys that can play multiple sports at the collegiate level um did you feel like you lost anything as a football player, having taken that time off to be a baseball player? You know, when I came back, the first time I played football again was in junior college. So I wasn't jumping right into the big, the big show of, you know, division one or, you know, division one, double a, I was playing junior college. There was, I was playing with guys who just got out of prison. I was playing with 40 year old dudes who were just neck tatted up in Southern California. I was playing with, you know, uh, literal drug addicts. I was playing with some really good football players, but at the same time, there was both ends of the spectrum. When you go to a team like Oregon, which is where I finished, everybody was kind of the same, and there was a couple outliers on the really good side. And uh, But my junior college experience, I've never been around so many unique people. Like you talked about, you think that I'm 
weird and good ways or whatever. There was a lot of those guys that I met when I was in junior college. And I, I feel like my experiences there benefited me greatly when I went on to the next level. But in regard to the football skill level, if I lost anything, I feel like as long as you don't lose that edge to really want to go kick somebody's ass, um, football, especially at our position, um, you, you can just kind of roll out and do it. I was your backup. <laughs> hey, bro, I had the best backup in the league, bro. Oh, shut up. Don't do that. It was, um, like, it was like Maverick and Goose. You were sitting right behind me, but I knew if you had to press <laughs> that button for that missile, but he got it. Wow, that's that might be the best compliment I've ever I've ever been a part of. So thank you so much for that. And, and I'll make sure to do the pre-flight injector seat check. Sorry, Mark, <laughs> and I think my pizza's here. My girlfriend's gonna get it. That's all good. Hey, I actually put my dog on a scavenger hunt outside so he wouldn't uh, wouldn't interrupt me. I took a, a bunch of his food and I just threw it all over the yard in just different spots. So. That's pretty genius, right there. Yeah, I'm a level two thinker. That's might be. Good. <laughs> yeah. So how did you uh, end up at Oregon? I know that it was kind of a long route, but like, how was Oregon the school you ended up at? So some, some backstory to the, the PAC 12 destination. Uh, mm-hmm. my, my mother was a undergrad with my dad at Villanova in Philly. When my dad went to the Raiders in LA, my mom went out there as well. And she did post-grad law school at USC, Southern Cal. And she was a corporate defense attorney in Los Angeles for a while, but Growing up, she was, you know, she was a Trojan for in my in my eyes. And when I went to Saddleback, which is in Orange County, um, USC is right up the road. They were having a ton of success. You know, growing up as a football player in high school, USC is one of those destinations where it's like, that's it. And I didn't want to be in Alabama, and I didn't want to be at Florida because it's too damn hot. Um, California, man, what's better than California? So I, I took a visit with uh, our right tackle on our junior college team, who is also in the league now, Menelik Watson. And uh, we took a visit together to USC with our head coach from junior college. And we were going to tell him, hey, we'll take anything. As long as you give us a spot, we'll come here. He needed a scholarship. But I said, look, all I need is a locker and a helmet. Like, I'll be okay. I'll pay it back. And, uh, we went up there and Lane Kiffin said, we don't have any room for junior college offensive linemen. And first thing I did was think about who does USC play? And then, <laughs> then I went and visited UCLA and it was right when, uh, gosh, what's his name? I'm blanking. Right when he took over the, uh, the coach before Chip Kelly at UCLA. Um, gosh, I feel like such an asshole. I can't remember his name, but Adrian Clem was the offensive line coach there. And, he offered me, and I took a visit there. It was incredible, right down the street from USC. But I just didn't think that they were quite ready to beat USC. And I think it was the following week, uh, Chip Kelly and or Steve Greatwood, the offensive line coach at Oregon, came down and watched one of our practices. And I knew that Oregon was coming to practice, and they were out there for stretch, watching from the side. And I'm running around, chucking the football, running routes, just being an asshole, trying to show off. And the coach left right when we went to individual period. He didn't even watch individual period. And I was like, fuck. Like, what did I do wrong? Did he hear, like, you know, what did I do wrong? And I got a call that night, and he was like, I saw all I needed to see in, in stretch. And he said, you know, you've, you've got a full scholarship offer from University of Oregon. From stretching? From, you know, running around <laughs> doing high <laughs> knees and shit. So – we got uh, Chip Kelly down with the same offensive line coach the next week, and he offered me, and uh, I said, I want to beat USC. 
And uh, he said, will you go to class? Do you love football? And I was like, yes, yes. And uh, he said, well, great. Well, we'd love to have you. Did you go to and class? I, and I committed to Oregon. I went to class some days. Yeah, I went to class at Oregon. Yeah, it was like I was only there for one semester, really. Yeah. So I, sh- I showed up uh, the first day of fall camp. And, you know, I met a lot of my lifelong friends there. And uh, it was great. It was great. I love Chip Kelly. I loved everything about Oregon. It's beautiful in the Northwest. And we put 61 points up on USC. So that was good. That must have felt good. Yeah. That's awesome. So you, you played, uh, let's see, on your offensive line at Oregon, who was there? That was like with Her- – was Hronis there? Hronis and- was the center. Hronis Grasso. Jake Fisher was a tackle. Tyler Johnstone was a tackle, uh, who was also a, a PC gamer. He's a, he's a nerd like myself. Ryan Clanton, who's now a, a coach in college, and he was total meatball, meathead, cool. one of the best dudes ever. And, I, re- yeah. I remember – I played with uh, Hronis and Jake and you, so I'm familiar with that group. Um, that's cool, though. So on this podcast, we try not to talk too much football, but obviously, you know, people want to hear about it to an extent. So what, you know, we talked about your gaming. We talked about your your very, very interesting background. Like, what else do you have going on? What's uh, what's it like being Kyle Long? Man, being me right now is just trying to stay healthy and you know, honestly trying to clean up some of the loose ends that I have in regard to just relationships I have, like, you know, with you, I mean, I wanted to make sure that, uh, we stay in contact and and we maintain a level of friendship that's acceptable. And, uh, (laughs) sometimes I'm an asshole and and I don't do it intentionally. I just get caught up in so much shit. Uh, I don't think you're an asshole. You got a lot on your plate, man. Well, I'm just trying to make sure that, you know, people that treat me the right way, I treat them the right way. And, you know, if there's one thing that everybody deserves, it's respect. And, uh, you know, you got to make sure who you give attention to because not everybody really deserves your attention or your time, but there's some folks that do. And, uh, I feel like it's important that they understand that and they know that and they feel that. And I think it starts with your family. So for me, it's, it's been with my family. So you get to spend a lot of time with your family. Obviously you guys are kind of spread out yeah, we're everywhere. Um, well, my folks, I, I went back to Virginia and visited my, my folks and my brother, his wife, and their two kids. He's got a newborn son and uh, a three-year-old. So we went out there and uh, got to hang out with them. And it was so great. It was the first time I got to meet my second nephew. My second nephew. And it's crazy, man. Time flies. I remember looking up to my older brother when he was in when, when he was in high school, like a senior, I was a freshman and now he's got two kids and a beautiful wife and, you know, a home and he's been in the league for 12 years. It's just crazy how time flies. That's unbelievable. I remember like thinking my entire life, what it would be like when I'm a professional athlete and then I've already, you know, out, <laughs> I'm already done with it. And I'm like looking at guys, like I look at guys like Zion Williamson and I think to myself like, man, I'll be that good when I'm his age. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, he's different. I mean, that's, I can't imagine, uh, you know, especially in this age of social media and the 24 hour news cycle. I remember when LeBron came out of high school, it was one of those things where, you know, he's already eclipsed, you know, 99.999% of athletes in the world as a high schooler. They were pay per viewing his games in high school. Yeah. Um, people were flying in from California, Florida to go watch him play in Ohio. Do you remember the cover of, I think it was like Sports Illustrated, I think, with him and Sebastian Telfair in high school? And it was like... Was that when he had the Irish jersey? Yeah. And it's like, these two are next. And I'm like, huh, (laughs) that didn't age well. (laughs) 
Yeah, well, it turns out uh, LeBron had next. Yeah, he, he got next. You got half that, right? Yeah. Okay. So, like, outside of the sports world, I know uh, you and I used to bond a little bit over weird taste in music. What do you, uh, for the people who don't know you, what are you, what are you listening to right now? Weird taste in music. Man, there's, there's so many different fields. Uh, you know, one thing I found out, and I had this thought to myself yesterday, if anybody ever thinks that music is dead, go find a great TV show and listen to the intro song. And it'll always be somebody that you've never heard of, and it'll always be something that sticks in your head. And if you go and you follow the paper trail and you really just listen to their music, um, you'll be amazed. So, like, I'm watching Deadwood right now, and I've never seen it before. Great fucking show. Great song. Uh, You go watch Peaky Blinders. Amazing song. Amazing intro. Game of Thrones, same thing. Might be different. Might not be your taste. But you got to admit, you find yourself taking a piss in the morning. (laughs) Like... Music, man. Music's incredible. But in regard to stuff, guys that I like or girls that I like, I've been listening to country. Maren Morris is unbelievable. I really yeah. like Maren Morris. Um, I like her style. She's old school and she's kind of hot too, but she can <laughs> sing her ass off. Um, I like Currency is somebody that I've always listened to. He's a rapper. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there's, you know, what about you? Because you've introduced me to stuff before. Who do you like? Uh currently let's see he hasn't made a lot of music recently but like as far as newish artists uh i like sturgill simpson sturgill sturgill is my favorite in the realm of the uh like old outlaw country that's which is really funny it's a genre that i'm really into for no reason at all i'm like the furthest thing from an outlaw there's nothing tough about me but i do have a cowboy hat uh displayed in my living room but i'm far from one um, so obviously he's one for me. Um, I listen to a lot of him, a lot of Pearl Jam, a lot of, uh, I don't, I don't do a ton of new cool stuff. I'm not you, cool. Pearl Jam. I got a funny story about Pearl Jam. Tell me please. So, uh, growing up and still to this day, we go to, we go to Montana for the 4th of July and we go to Montana for the summer. It used to be a longer trip, but we've got a home up there and, uh, Growing up, we'd go up there and we'd go wakeboarding and tubing and all that stuff. And one guy who owns property up there and we've known him forever is Jeff Ament, who's the bass player. And he's the guy that wears the purple velvet hat. Right. And he's incredible. Um, yeah, Jeff Ament, incredible dude. And he's somebody that we've known for years and years and years. And growing up, I didn't know Pearl Jam was such a big band, but it was all that we'd listen to up there. And we genuinely loved Pearl Jam. And then when we get to meet him, he's such a cool guy. He's doing backflips on his fucking wakeboard. He's on, <laughs> he used our trampoline one time to practice doing back rolls on the wakeboard. And he had his wakeboard on on the trampoline doing backflips. And uh, that was like my earliest memory of him. And now he's super supportive of everything that my older brother does in, in regard to philanthropy. Um, just solid. So I'll always root for Pearl Jam. You know, Pearl Jam's... They're legit. And I love that Northwest grungy vibe. That's right up your alley, dude. It is. Thanks for noticing. Thanks. And thanks for remembering that about me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, you said, let's see, you mentioned your brother's philanthropy. Uh, what, what all is he doing? So waterboys.org uh, is Chris's, you know, big charitable venture. Uh, it's a clean water initiative in Eastern Africa. 
specifically Tanzania. And uh, they climb Mount Kilimanjaro every year. They bring veterans. They bring uh, amputees. They bring, uh, you know, anybody who goes up there and that wants to spread awareness and uh, get out there and experience the, the Tanzanian way. Have you gone? I've never been because I've been in, you know, surgeries the last four years. But uh, when I'm done playing, I'll, I'll be able to get out there. I got to get a little lighter. Can I go? Yeah, we should do that. I'm 100%. Let's, let's do that. I lost my I lost my football weight, so I'm ready to go. I'll, I'm just waiting for you. Yeah, so I was losing weight. I was 350 in the Eagles game in the wild card game, and I'm 320 now. You were 350. Yeah, bro. I like to eat, dude. Uh, that's a I've never even gotten close to that number. No offense, but 350 because I was like a small John Deere tractor. <laughs> well, that that's beyond a small like that's a full size John Deere tractor. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so what they do is they build wells, they build, uh, they, they, so the water's there for these people. There's so much waterborne illness because people are drinking out of these still water ponds where animals are shitting in and there's diseases. Um, so what they do, the water's right under their feet, but they don't have the tools to get there. So they bring these drilling tools out there and they drill down like, you know, I don't know, like a hundred, 150 feet or whatever. And they get these springs and they are able to get clean water wells. They can serve up to 5,000 people. Um, and it's like $45,000 to build a well. And it's five years plus for each well. And, uh, yeah, they've done, you know, I, I might get in trouble for this, but it's, it's like 30-something 30 30 wells. Um, you can check it out, waterboys.org, man. It's, it's legit. That's awesome. They're changing That's lives. Awesome. That's really cool. Um, so obviously you deal with lots of like fans, but also in doing so you deal with lots of haters and Kyle, I don't know if this is fair to say, but you seem to have a lot of haters, uh, for whatever reason. Is that fair? I'd say there's a lot of people that, uh, they might not necessarily hate me. They might hate themselves. Um, (laughs) and they're projecting possibly I'm looking at it from like, you know, a psychological therapeutic standpoint, you know, I don't want to necessarily think that everybody hates one another i think that a lot of people are just looking for reactions yeah. and uh you know sometimes i'll give it to them so why do you think that you're so often in the crossfire of twitter beef like ev- like dude as your friend as someone who like legitimately cares about you i will sometimes watch you on twitter and just think like dude like how are you always in the middle of something i don't know man i just you know i guess I ask for it sometimes, and then I guess I have a target on my back sometimes because of the last name, maybe, and I think some of the early successes I enjoyed in Chicago, and I don't know. I, th- I think it's also probably has something to do with like how much you are yourself, especially in an industry where it's like kind of like pull it back a little bit, tighten it yeah, up. Yeah, pe- like- people want us to be robots, man, and that's just not me. Like I, I fear the the robotic age, like you know, honestly, and and it starts with us in the NFL. And I understand we got to protect the shield, and uh, there's a brand that we have to maintain. But at the same time, that doesn't mean you can't be yourself. I mean, Joe Namath was on the sideline with a fucking fur jacket, uh, <laughs> you know. So you're not Joe Namath. Yeah, but you know what I'm saying. Like I know that's but like that's sort of the mindset is like. Like you're you're not bigger than the team. Well, the thing is, like hashtag stick to sports, and it's you know I'm a human being first, and and I I became a football player. So. Well, and that's like kind of why I wanted to have this show is like I wanted people to like hear from you know guys like you who like have interesting things to say about things that aren't just 
you know, it's not just about football, you know, and that's not what, that's not what the public seems to want from us. Yeah. Yeah. They seem to, yeah. They seem to just want football to be an escape. And so anytime you are real, they want football to be what they think of it as. Yeah. You know, just like, uh, if I were to say NASCAR to a hundred people, like we pulled the audience, we pulled a hundred people. This is what they thought. And the first six things, you know, there's six words that people think of. People think, you know, whether it's rednecks or beer or cigarettes or uh, Dale. And then you go to a NASCAR race and you might find that 50% of that is true, but the other 50 could be very smart people, uh, mechanics, uh, you know, the physics, all this stuff. It's it's unbelievable the that perception is reality in some people's minds, and that it, things can be different. So you're saying that we need to have a more open mind in all settings. It's not just not everything's not exactly what you expect it to be. Yeah, no doubt. And I mean, until you're really in it, like I'm sure you didn't know everything about the league until you were in it. And there's still stuff that I'm learning about the league. It's shit. I mean, it's it's ever changing. One thing that's constant is that there's always change. The only the only thing that's given is that there's going to be change. Yeah. Obviously there's uh, a lot of change. You've played for like several different regimes. You've played with a lot of different players. I mean, um, is there like a, is there a correct formula as far as handling, um, you know, players from a coaching standpoint or the way like a guy addresses the game is like, is there a right and a wrong way? In regard to handling the players as a coach, I think the best way to do it is to, to bring in the right guys so you're not dealing with uh, guys that aren't self-policing, guys that aren't self-respecting. And uh, I've been on teams before where guys don't do that, and there's clicks and all that. And I think that if you can keep the team as one, I know offensive defense is always going to be button heads because that's what we literally do on a daily basis. But if you can make things more about together, I think Matt Nagy does it incredibly well. Um, you know, I've had – Fox, Nagy, Tressman. I've had three head coaches. I've had five O-line coaches. I've had two GMs, uh, you know, four offensive coordinators, a dozen quarterbacks. But the one thing that works is when when guys take care of their shit. And uh, I think Nagy makes it a lot of fun to come to work. And I think he's somebody that you can rely on to do the right thing in most situations. Nobody's perfect, but in most situations – what his decision is, is usually right. I, uh, I didn't get to experience a whole lot of Nagy. I was at the very beginning of his era, um, but I had one crucial interaction with him, which I think ultimately decided my fate as a Chicago Bear. Uh, would you like to hear this story? I would love to hear it. Do you remember the Top Golf Day last year? Yeah. Okay, so Top Golf was basically my last function as a Chicago Bear. <laughs> That's a good uh, one to go out on, I'll be honest. Yeah, so we we went and uh, so we were supposed to have OTAs or whatever and and whatever it was. Um, and the buses showed up. Yeah, and the buses showed up. So instead of playing football that day, we went to Top Golf. It was supposed to be like a fun team building day. Uh, I was super excited. Everyone was excited. Just did to, you get you cut know. on the bus, bro? No, I didn't. You remember <laughs> on, the, on the you remember on the bus ride home we were having the the debate about it was like MJ and. MJ and LeBron and yeah, yeah, yeah. Standard shit. So, yeah. Standard, standard shit for the back of the bus. So anyway, um, we had a great day. Top golf was a ton of fun. I was excited. Uh, I just, and like, I appreciated coach Nagy so much. He was such a cool guy. And, uh, then, so we get back to the building. It's like the weekend. It's go home, enjoy yourself, that sort of thing. 
So as we're making our way out of the building, I'm following Jordan Morgan. You're um, following JMO, and JMO is so cool and smooth. Like, and I'm not. I'm so awkward and goofy. Yeah, and yeah, we have that in, in in similarity there. Yeah. So I and I'm so bad at handshakes. I don't know if we ever talked about this. I hate handshakes, bro. I shoot 45. percent I shoot a higher free throw percentage. Just than hug I do. me, brother. Just hug me. We'll both be right. <laughs> so I, I I never do the right handshake, right? So I'm following Jordan out of the building, and as we're leaving, we see Nagy. And Nagy's cool. He's not like your standard, like... So you went to... Yeah, okay, so here's where it goes. Here's what happens. I'm following Jordan out the building. Uh, Jordan goes up and just cool guy bro shakes him, you know, big, like, hand hug, like, you know, one of those. And he does it. So I'm like, okay, bar set. I got to follow this. But I'm, like, across... Like, I'm not behind Jordan. So his mood could have changed in that. (laughs) Well, that, and I'm at, like, I'm, like at a diagonal from him and it's like a cross body thing now. So Jordan's finished his thing. <laughs> and so I'm like, I'm at a distance, like trying to like reach out. Right. So I reach out, I extend and I try to like do exactly what Jordan did, but I did it from a distance, you know, like I was trying to like, unorthodox. yeah, I'm like trying to like dunk over someone instead of like dunking just on the rim. Right. So it's super unorthodox. It's bad. And in the process I missed. And I think, I, I missed his hand. I like just grazed a fingertip and ultimately my finger ended up, I'm pretty sure in coach Maggie's belly button. <laughs> <laughs> so now it's like, Oh man, that ain't it, brother. That ain't it. <laughs> so I like try to recover. I stumble. I'm like, yeah, hey, thanks coach or whatever. And then I just walk away. And then the very next day I get, cut. <laughs> he said, get out my belly button, bro. <laughs> He's like, you want in my belly button? Get out of my building. Could you imagine that? Could you imagine like your fate, your final interaction with someone is, uh, you fingered their belly button. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds like a Tinder date gone wrong. Like it it was, uh, it was a Tinder date that went wrong and ultimately ended basically set me on the path to end my football career. Granted, I don't think that was the, I don't think that was exactly what did it, but man, the, the course of events to, to that. That's pretty good. Yeah. So if you're ever gonna if you're ever gonna get cut, you know, just finger somebody's belly button. <laughs> it's the fastest way out the door. Yeah. So that yeah, that was the end of that. Unbelievable. Have you heard of Have you ever heard of such a terrible interaction? That's. I mean, I've, I'm trying to jog my memory. I've done some fucking awkward shit, and I've I've willed myself to get it out of my memory. But well, I mean, the thing about the handshake, and especially in our environment and the career that we have, um, you know. You deal with some people who are super serious, super business, you know, shake hands the business way. And then you deal with some people who are not so business-like and it's a lot of a lot of bro shaking. So I just thought of one. Okay. So I'm at Starbucks the other day. We got a great Starbucks here in Lake Forest. It's like a reserved Starbucks. It's almost right. like, a, like a mom and pop. Beautiful Starbucks. I've seen it. Yeah, yep. it's different than any other Starbucks you've been in. It's the only one, okay? So I'm in there and I go in there every day. And, you know, there's a lot of people that say hi to me in there and, you know, just they ask how my body's feeling. You know, standard questions that you ask normal people, right? Like, how's your body feeling? Frequently are like, hey, uh, you going to be ready week one? Yeah. uh, So I'm standing there and I heard the voice of a girl go, hey, like, and you can tell, like, 
audio, like, you know, when you play Call of Duty, you can tell when shots are shooting at you or, like, when somebody's running next to you. So I was like, that's definitely to me. So I turned around, I was like, what's up? And it was, like, a cute girl. I was like, what's up? And she, like, did, like, the shoulder past me and went and spoke to the, the other girl that was in front of me. And I turned around and I just completely was like, I almost walked out of Starbucks and didn't even get his coffee. I just needed to fucking leave. I got to get out of here as fast as possible. Mortified, bro. Mortified. Like, hey. And then it's like, she wasn't talking to me. It's funny how, you know, being like this big burly man, how something like as dumb as that could like completely just destroy your self-confidence. Uh, bro, you can blow my legs out. You can hit me in the face. But if you get, if I get embarrassed, like, oh. That's how, many times have you, how many times have you been hit in the face? Punched in the face? Yeah. A few times. Yeah. Are you a fighter? Uh, I wouldn't say I'm a fighter. I'd say I, I walk a mile around an altercation, but I, I wouldn't back down from a fight. Yeah, I've actually I've seen a couple of those with you. You're a, you're an aggressive fella, kind of. I'd, I'd say I'd walk a mile around an altercation, though. Yeah, that's true. I'm not that's looking true. to get into shit. I think that's uh, that's I one have of those bad days. <laughs> you? Yeah. <laughs> no. That's like one of those things, though, about like offensive linemen is like we're big and we're protective, but I don't want to fight anybody. We're the we're probably the smartest, most resourceful people on the team. And we'll use any of our resources possible to stay out of harm's way and all that shit. But I mean, when the time comes to do our job, we're going to do our job. And, uh, yeah. you know, that's about it. Well, I can only imagine like being me and, uh, you know, I'm obviously a pretty big guy, but not nearly as recognizable as you, but I've like come into instances like at a bar or out at night, like you feel like people size you up. I mean, like I can everybody, only imagine everybody how- wants to know what it'd be like to fight you. Everywhere I go, I like legitimately feel people are like people are like I, I could take him, I could take him. Like they may not say it to me, or but like they like, say that's it with what their body language. Yeah, I'm like why are dude put your chest away? Like I don't yeah. like I feel his body. Like when I walk in the bar, like I feel people are being like, "Hey, I bench like three sixty five. Like and it's almost that? like weird sexual with dudes. Like <laughs> dudes walking up, like oh man, like look at the fucking look at his triceps, man. <laughs> I just want to grab them with both my hands. It's like, stay the fuck away from me. Don't finger my belly button. Don't talk to me. See, don't put me in that category. Mine was a mistake. It was yeah. not sexual. Well, they want to do it on purpose. Ooh, stay out of my belly button. You ever smelled your belly button? Dude, yeah. What is, is there a word for that? Gross is what the word is. <laughs> yeah, hold on. <laughs> yeah, mine's not bad. I showered this morning. Yeah, but like even when I shower, I don't know if it's just like such a deep crevasse. You got to dig in there. Put a pinky in there, bro. That's not get, bad. Get a Q-tip in there. Oh. Uh. Like a baby wipe. <laughs> Put a baby See? wipe around a Q-tip. And that right there is why I didn't want to have an agenda with you because I knew like this could go anywhere, you know? And we could, <laughs> you and I, we could strike gold talking about, you know, belly buttons or whatever. Belly buttons are a mysterious place. They tied that shit up when you came out. <laughs> they, they pushed it they pushed it in and they tied it up looks like, <laughs> like a, a balloon, balloon knot like a balloon. <laughs> yeah well what's that about uh so you do uh you probably get asked you probably do a lot of interviews with a lot of different media um i mean do you have a lot of does the belly button come up in a lot of these things no i i, I think this is the first belly button instance that has happened to me are you in uh are you in Barstool's big cat. Are you like a thing? What's, what's that about? 
Yeah, we're not dating, but we're, you know, we're close. He's your boy? That's my guy. Yeah. So when I got to Chicago, you know, I got really introduced to Barstool and obviously being on Twitter for so long, you see Barstool stuff. And uh, Big Cat was the Chicago guy. I mean, he lived here and now he's based out of New York. But um, yeah, man, he was really cool to me and always kept me in the loop and involved with Barstool stuff and, you know, whether it's parties or just folks that, you know, connections that need to be made. And uh, God, I just think he's so funny too. He's so talented. That guy's super talented. Yeah. I can only hope to be as talented as he is. Yeah, he's damn good. <laughs> All right. Quick question. If you were going to be in the WWE, what would, uh, what would be like your shtick? What's your theme? What's your move? Um, man, WWE. I don't know, man. I guess I'd just throw in a couple of VHSs of Steve Austin and I'd just end up doing – I'd end up just- being – I'd end up being Ricky Rattlesnake. Hey, hey, y'all doing? I'm Ricky Rattlesnake. And I would talk real quiet. And I would just, I, I, you'd never see me without a cigarette in my mouth. And uh, I'd put cigarettes out on people's heads. That's your shtick. Yeah, that'd be my thing. I kind of like that. See, I'm always, I'm always sporting the, the flannel. So I'm thinking my character is going to be uh, lumberjacked. Yeah, lumberjacked. There you go. Yeah. Lumberjacked and Ricky Rattlesnake. Maybe they need to hang out. I think that would be one hell of a tag team. So I do a, uh, I play Grand Theft Auto, and a lot of people know Grand Theft Auto, but uh, within the PC gaming community, there's a role-playing community in Grand Theft Auto where it's like legitimately you have a role, you have a backstory, uh, and I use Ricky Rattlesnake, and my guy's a, you know, he's a blackballed NASCAR driver that uh, that got thrown out of NASCAR because he, he, he cheated on a couple cars where he, you know, did some tinkering that he shouldn't have done. And, uh, yeah, you know, the role-playing server, it's like you get hit by a car, you got to just stay there, lay on the ground, and got to wait for the EMT. You got to call in your phone the EMT, and there's people that are designated as, you know, emergency services. There's police officers that are on call all day in the server. They get paid by the server to do this, and they use real police codes and all that stuff. So that's where the Ricky Rattlesnake thing came from. I like that. Dude, you're living in a simulation. My life is a sim, yeah. You're over there. Obviously, you said you play the farm sim. You do the race car sim, and you just simulate real life on Grand Theft Auto. Well, I mean, uh, you know, it's somebody else's real life. Uh, Ricky Rattlesnake. Ricky Rattlesnake <laughs> enjoys a nice bank robbery, and sometimes he robs gas stations. But uh, you know, yeah, I ain't gonna do that in my life, so I might as well do it in somebody else's. Okay, interesting. All right, real quick. Um, just fire around. What's the best Keanu Reeves movie? Uh, Speed or The Matrix? Oh, you got to pick one. The f- Speed. Okay. Best flavor of hot wing? Ooh. Bar- uh, standard barbecue. <laughs> standard barbecue. Okay. Um, destination you want to go to most? Again or for the first time? First time. Japan. Okay. Um, let's see. I had a good one. Now I can't think of it. Oh, musical act you'd like to see, dead or alive? Ooh. Queen. Okay, good choice. Last one. What's your favorite or what's your go-to Pop-Tart? I don't do Pop-Tarts, but I guess strawberry with the white frosting if I were to choose. That's a good one, dude. 
Anything I else we like need that's to talk? Generic. I feel like that's generic. That is a little generic for Kyle Long. Can you give me I like a the hot round? I like the hot round though. Okay. Is there any other hot round questions I need to come up with? I don't know, bro. It's your damn podcast. No, you're hosting. <laughs> I'm hosting, but you brought the question. Those literally just came off the top of my head. Those were straight okay. off the dump. I'm like a I'm like a freestyle rapper, but I'm a freestyle. Podcast. Let me ask you some questions. Please do. Favorite N64 game? Uh, Super Mario Kart or Mario Kart. Favorite first PlayStation game you remember playing? Uh, My Street. Never played that. My Street was a game on PS2, and it was um, basically like little kids in a, in a neighborhood. It was kind of like Grand Theft Auto. Like there's like all these tasks you had to do, wow. and it was just like it was like play dodgeball and beat. Like it was cool. Yeah, yeah, my street. I feel it. It's like an adolescent GTA without the raping and murdering. And- yeah, a lot less of that. All right, okay, anymore. Okay, so uh, most most time spent on a video game, and which game was it? Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. Goes without saying. Okay. <laughs> Favorite flavor of ice cream? Mint chocolate chip. Best combination of flavors in ice cream? Ugh. I, I, can I just say Neapolitan? They're all three together. Chevy or Ford? I was Chevy. I think I still am, but I drive a Ford now. Okay. If you had to pick a supercar to drive, if you were like a if you were like a super rich CEO and you you got to pick a supercar, like a like superhero vehicles? No, like you know Lambo, Ferrari. Ah, oh man, that's I've never even thought in terms of supercars. I would be more of like a. I'd be more of like a. Uh, if you were born, if you were born in another country and got to choose uh, to be brought up in another country, where would it be? New Zealand. That's a good choice. Oh God, that's a good choice. I respect the shit out. Of it. You could bring your flannel too. <laughs> I'm a fee- I'm a Kiwi. Yeah, I would like to do a, like uh, Finland or Sweden. You'd totally fit in. Yeah, you would. You would totally fit in there. Or like Germany, and not for like a you know weird like. Uh, World War II posturing, but I just feel like they have tremendous uh, engineering and like uh, awesome cars. I feel like their their vehicles are amazing, and they have one of the coolest racetracks in the world. What's that? The Nurburgring. You should check it out. Oh, should I Google that? If you YouTube it, there's like crash compilations and stuff. Can you spell it for me? N U R B U R G R I N G. Nurburg ring. Got it. Yeah. Cool. So they, for $5, you can bring you anything you want to drive. You can, it's like a, it's like a 12 mile road course. I okay. swear. It's, it's absurd. It's like 11.7 miles. It's got like 300 turns or something. You can pay $5 on a track day and bring anything you want out there. Like people bring tour buses, people bring Ferraris, people bring uh, motorcycles, Vespas, VW buses um, and you can just drive and there's always people at this one it's called YouTube corner and people just hang out there and they watch the people race or they watch the people just make their way around the track and there's always wrecks and there's always like uh, it's just it's worth a YouTube if you're trying to go down a rabbit hole Nurburgring I try to avoid the rabbit hole the rabbit hole scares me I'm afraid it'll never come back <laughs> I love a good rabbit hole dude <laughs> <laughs> did you grow up around racing uh, in Virginia, there was, you know, there's a lot of racing, but I wasn't a super NASCAR fan or anything. Obviously, like any kid, I, I'd point to fast cars. I'd say race car, race car. But, who's your favorite? Who's your favorite driver? 
Right now, I really enjoy Kyle Busch. I like to watch him drive. And everybody hates Kyle Busch. He's the one that everybody wants to hate, you know, because he's super good. His car's really good, and uh, he just wins a lot. But, you know, I like Dale Jr. a lot. He's he's probably my favorite because of uh, just the way that he carries himself. And he's a legacy guy, and I have a, an appreciation for that. Of course you do. That makes sense. All right, Kyle, anything else we need to talk about? Anything else you want to you wanna say to all the fans out there? No, nah, man, I'm all good. Just, you know, I'm, I'm really happy for you. I'm happy you're finding something you're uh, you're able to produce yourself. I know we've talked about this before, and uh, this is exciting. I'm, I'm looking forward to following along. That means a lot to me, Kyle. I really appreciate it. I'm glad everything is going well for you, too. Well, thanks so much for having me. I'm going to go murder a pizza. <laughs> hey, man, good luck this season. Thanks, Cam. All right, thanks, Ben. Well, there you have it. That's my interview with Chicago Bears guard Kyle Long. I hope you guys enjoyed that. I really appreciate him coming on the show. So big thanks to Kyle. Again, big thanks to this episode's sponsor, Burger King. Have it your way. Um, Also, huge thanks to uh, Harry Potter star Daniel Radcliffe. I know you're a huge fan of this show, and I appreciate you listening every week. Big thanks to everyone for tuning in and listening. Um, Go ahead and leave that review, that five stars. We really appreciate it. Uh, Share this. Share with your friends. uh, Like it. You know, do the whole thing. You get it. It's 2019. You know how the internet works. I really appreciate you guys listening. This has been Everything Else with Cameron Lee. Peace.